Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 137 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Johnson with you. So glad to have you with us. It is our season preview show as we get you ready for the Daytona 500, the great American race. We'll preview that race and look ahead to the rest of the 24 NASCAR Cup Series season, the 76th season in the sport. We'll uh, tell you everything you need to know. Chris Lafferty is along for the ride today as well. Uh, former NASCAR driver, country music artist as well. We'll uh, bring him in coming up in just a matter of moments. David joining us by phone. He is actually on the road to Daytona as we speak right now. And uh, he joins us as he uh, should be pulling into Daytona here pretty soon. David, uh, the offseason officially over. How we doing, my friend? How's the uh, road to Daytona treating you? Man, it's awesome, man. Just uh, excited. Uh, you know, I'm about an hour uh, north of Daytona. Uh, was at the Carl Long shop today, just putting the final touches on our uh, on our Camaro. And uh, Missy and Rich from Alarm Check Systems came through. Uh, they're from Reading, Pennsylvania, one of our partners in their motorhome. Man, so I jumped in there with them, and uh, we're almost here to Daytona. Almost time to get the season uh, kicked off. And, uh, man, I know all the fans are excited, and I am too. David, I, I got to ask you, I know we got plenty to talk about today, but right off the jump, what, what does it mean to come back to Daytona again? Does does it ever get old? Does going through there and start the NASCAR season, do, do you still get fired up as much as you did the very first time you raced there? Man, you know, Tyler, it's a great question. You know, just, God, it's still blessed. You know, this is starting my 26th year. And, uh, you know, just thank God for all our partners. And, man, you know, just that burning desire to race. And when you pull through the tunnel there at Daytona, and, man, you come out of that tunnel and see that great American Daytona International Speedway, dude, I just, man, it just, I'm so, it's just like the first time I ever went there, you know. It's just, uh, I just absolutely love it. And uh, excited, excited to race. And just, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I still pinch myself because it's incredible, <laughs> you know. Even after all these years, man, it just means that much to me. Dominic Olegon uh, joins us now from the uh, RacingExperts.com and brand new author <laughs> of the new book uh, by Jeff Bodine, his autobiography, which is available officially today. Uh, Dominic, first off, congrats on the book, but welcome to Daytona. Uh, another exciting season of NASCAR racing ahead. Hey, thank you so much, Tyler. I know you guys have been some some big cheerleaders for me along the way. And hey, believe it or not, you or David or any of our guests have asked me, hey, how's the book going? That would motivate me. That would inspire me. And now we have it in hand. All of it. Daytona 500 champion tells the rest of the story. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com. And you can also order at teambodine.square.site to get a special autographed copy from Jeff. So, no, just over the moon about it. It's a dream come true. And to be there in Daytona this weekend when – Jeff's going to be there and he's doing a book signing. I'm going to be there to help him. And I'll be there in Atlanta to help him the following week. Tyler, it's a, it's a small town dream come true for this, this kid from Grants, New Mexico. Certainly excited for you and looking forward to uh, reading the book. Where the hell is my copy of this book? Uh, I, I, I thought I was going to <laughs> I thought I was getting a, an advanced copy of this, but it, yeah, I guess you and, you and David, I, I sent it in the mail. What happened? Yeah, still, still waiting for that, Dom. Uh, uh, but we, we must have been out of town, Tyler. But uh, man, you know, Dominic, I'm proud of you, buddy. Just uh, you know, 
growing up as a kid, loving the sport, you know, all for years and way before I made it to NASCAR, Jeff Bodine, obviously one of the greats, greats of, uh, of NASCAR racing and to be able to, to be personal friends with him, but to be able to write his book, man, that's a, a, a huge compliment for uh, you as a person and you and your skills you have. Uh, and I can't wait to read the book. I hear all kinds of great things about it. And even though me and Tyler are still waiting for it on, on it to uh, still wait for Amazon to deliver it. I don't know when it's coming, but uh, I can't wait to read it, man. And congratulations, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, thank you so much for, for all the support. I, I dream big. You guys know I dream big. I set lofty goals. And this book is an example of dreaming big and dreams do come true for sure. Our guest this week yeah, yeah. that is uh, here along for the ride with us to set the scene for the Daytona 500 this weekend, Chris Lafferty. Uh, joins us right now, checking in uh, from the motorhome and everything, as he does. And he uh, gets the rare accomplishment of being a third-time guest to Let's Go Racing, and we bring him in right now. Chris, uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked David. Uh, what does it mean to come to Daytona uh, every, you, all, all these years and, and seeing it on TV and, and being a part of it like – does, does it still feel the same to you seeing the Daytona 500 and how, how big this race is that it did the first time you, you were a part of it? Well, let, let me just start by saying this. I'm going to derail this for just a second. I mean, all, all this hoopla about this Jeff Bodine book. I mean, come on. It's not like this guy's cold trickle or anything. I mean, you know, he, he was a racer. Uh, you know, he did some stuff. But all joking aside, man, this is a heck of an accomplishment Dominic, so so proud of you, and and uh, you know I've known Jeff for a long time, and and uh, you know that guy is is a nice guy and a legendary racer. So so uh, I can't rate, I can't wait to learn how to read so that I can read that book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> circling back to your question about Daytona, I mean, look, man, just just walking through the gate is uh, uh, it, it's a very humbling experience, and so you know David can tell you. As a, as a competitor and as a guy that just dreamed of doing this for years, Daytona sets the stage. It's like the Holy Grail, you know? David, uh, you want to elaborate on that, what Chris is talking about here, just just what Daytona means in, in that setting? Like, do you, do you go back and think of the memories, the legends, the people that have raced there? Man, you know, when, when you think about NASCAR racing, you, you know, you think about Daytona. When you say Daytona, out in public, people know you're talking about, you know, NASCAR racing. It's just, it's everything. It's, it's, there's a race that you ask every NASCAR driver, current, former, you know, future, what race they want to win. It's, it's going to have the word Daytona 500 or the Daytona truck race or the Daytona Xfinity race. It's just the band. It, it means everything. It's a little bit different. We just got to be watching the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, but, you know, what kicks off our Super Bowl starts the first race right out of the box to start a new year. But, man, Daytona's everything, just like Chris saying. Just, you know, you're humbled. You're just – dreams come true when you can go through that tunnel and race there at Daytona National Speedway. Chris, uh, just as, as a fan uh, watching, what, what are some of your favorite memories uh, from Daytona over the years? And, and what do you think of uh, when you go back down memory lane of, of what's going on at that place? Oh, yeah, that, that one's simple. I mean, you know, you, you get to the track early in the morning – you can't see the corners because the fog is rolled in, you know, and, and you're, you're kind of nervous. I've got my, I love David Starr t-shirt on, 
underneath my jacket and I'm just hoping to run into the guy to, to get, to get an autograph, you know? So it's just, man, it, it's just, uh, it's what legends are made of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something else. Dominic, you, you've been Daytona now several times. You're about to get down there this week. What do you think of when, when you get to Daytona International Speedway? Man, Tyler, I, I think of the history and just everything that has happened there since 1959, all the greats that have etched their name in Daytona's history and NASCAR history. I, I'm sure you could really, I'm curious if you feel the same way too, Tyler. When you drive through that infield and you, you get off the you get off the boulevard, you get off that, that, that main straightaway, that main drag in Daytona Beach, you drive under the, the bridge, and then you turn off into the Speedway property and you start going under that turn three tunnel and that big American flag greets you is one of the first things that you see as you pull in the infield. It's a pretty cool feeling as you start circling that infield, getting to where you need to go. It's an amazing feeling. And I, and I got to tell you, too, one of the coolest places to shoot photos is there in turns three and turn four in the infield as the cars are zipping by. You better have that camera ready. You're only going to get a few hundred attempts at those cars coming by. But what a fun place to shoot. What a fun place to cover a race. And, and, and I, I was telling somebody else, too, it's really cool because there's so many people, as we've met and have people on the show over the years, Tyler, so many people from not only across the country, but across the world come from this place. And there's just so many people that love Daytona and all walks of life. And it's just really cool to see so many people unite and come to the Daytona 500 and everybody's united with those ear-piercingly loud engines on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. David, uh, you mentioned you're going to be racing uh, for your buddy Carl Long this weekend. Uh, tell us more about that and, and what you guys got going on that Xfinity program here. Well, man, you know, uh, excited to, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to run 15 races this year in the Xfinity Series and, uh, you know, uh, with a different team, but uh, Daytona wasn't one uh, on my list. And Carl Long reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come drive his car in Daytona. And, I, man, I jumped on the opportunity. It's a one-race deal, but I was able to bring some of my great partners, you know. And, man, without the sponsors, nothing's possible in our sport these days. So, you know, let me let me, let me me mention a couple of them. Dugan uh, Real Estate, uh, Alarm Tech System, our buddy Mark Tate, the T-Top Manufacturing. Uh, you know, another company's been with me for a long time, Big B uh, Steel Buildings. Ghostbarns.com, Flurry, you know, our buddy Staten Flurry with Flurry Racing Stables, and my buddy Steve Coombs with, uh, you know, with the uh, Health Mark Company. Man, it's just, uh, you know, without all these great companies helping, it's just, you know, I got, you got the Motor Coach Store. That's my biggest sponsor this week, Brad Tate with the Motorsport, Motorsport Store. And, uh, man, without all these great po uh, partners, you, you, you couldn't do what you love to do. So, man, we're so thankful for all of them. And, uh, and just excited, you know, been at the shop the last couple of days working with Carl and his team. And, uh, man, we got it. We got that Chevrolet Camaro all uh, signed up. They've just been working on it. And uh, hopefully we'll have, have a great race. David, uh, tell me, walk me through the uh, the next couple of days. Uh, as we're taping this, you're, you're literally pulling in Daytona right now. But what what are the next couple of days unfold? Give us like an inside track leading up to the race uh, day by day here. Well, just tomorrow, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, media obligations with some radio stations and uh, stop by the media care center. Wait, you got to weigh as, as all the drivers got to weigh in. So I'll weigh in there, visit with the, the, the NASCAR these, uh, uh, medical liaisons about your physical and go over all that stuff, uh, meet with them. Uh, uh, and then I uh, and then the next 
morning, I'll head over to the credential office, pick up my hard card, uh, my all my license stuff, and uh, and then the I think believe our garage opened Thursday for tech, and uh, and then spending some time with some of our sponsors, dinners, lunch outings, and it's just uh, you know a lot of exciting stuff. Just taking care of business with the people that give you the the money to race. You know, spending time with them showing around, introducing them to people, uh, and just, and just you know, all the racing stuff, you know, just uh, making sure you got everything done, make sure that your uniforms and your helmets are in compliance and just, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We got a mandatory driver meeting Friday afternoon, uh, just all that kind of stuff. You got, uh, uh, you got ab- obligations with uh, photos, with uh you know, I, I forget the company that does it, but they take, you know, you spend 30 minutes or an hour taking all these different photos. Then you do some stuff with Fox. And uh, so there's there's a lot of stuff leading up to our, our practice, our race, qualifying and stuff like that. But, you know, the next couple of days we'll be busy taking care of that kind of commitments that we have before we get the season kicked off. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that that's fantastic. Uh, certainly looking forward to it. Uh Let's uh, let's talk about the race itself, guys. Chris, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, th- this this race is so wide open. So many guys can win this. I mean, we we saw just last year Ricky Stenhouse surprise a lot of people to win this race. Everybody knows about Trevor Bain and Derek Cope and some of these great you know moments that we've had at Daytona over the years. Uh, wh- who are some names uh, you're watching for uh, to potentially contend? Uh, Maybe even surprise some people uh, to, to get victory lane on Sunday, Chris. Man, I I, I don't think there's going to be any surprise. I mean, you look at you look at how tough the RCR guys have been at Daytona uh, for basically the last eighteen years or twenty years or whatever it's been, um, just just absolutely dominating. And now that you know Kyle Busch is over at RCR, it's like. Uh, you know, the, the best with the best and, uh, you know, love him or hate him. He's, he's, he's a bad dude. So, um, you know, I, I just think that, uh, that, that trophy is going to be heading to, uh, the RCR guys. David, uh, a lot of big storyline, of course, uh, Toyota and, uh, Ford going with a new body on their cars and in, in the cup series, Chevy bringing back, uh, their same Camaro from the last couple of seasons. How much of a factor do you think that's going to be for Toyota and those Ford teams having this new body? Man, it's going to be interesting to see qualifying tomorrow night, you know. And you know the dominance that Hendricks had here at Daytona. I think William Byron's won the pole. You know, I don't have – you or Dominic probably have all the stats. But I know William Byron and the Hendrick organization has probably won the pole six or seven times out of the last ten years. I don't know what it was. You know, with the, it's a lot. And, uh, man, when it comes down to qualifying, you know, you're going to see those Hendrick cars, uh, you know, fight for the, you know, for the pole in second. Uh, then you got, you know, can't ever deny that Ralph Shades power with Doug Yates. Uh, and then seeing the new body style. So there's a lot of, a uh, lot of question marks, a lot of changes. And it'll be kind of cool to see the cup cars on the track to see, you know, where they kind of all, you know, where it all lays out, you know. But, uh you know, however it looks in qualifying, I can assure you of one thing. When they drop the green to start the great American race, the Daytona 500, the guy that did last can win the race. You know how these super speedway races are so exciting. 
you know, you think about, you know, you said uh, Trevor Bain, you think about Denny Domus, the dominance of Denny Hamlin on these super speedways. You look at Ricky Stenhouse Jr., our last year's winner. <clears throat> you look at uh, Michael McDowell, uh, David Reagan. I mean, it's just, it's anybody's, anybody's race, you know. So it, it's so interesting to see how it all plays out and which manufacturer is going to have a little bit of advantage, which manufacturers work better together, you know, when all the Toyotas line up to help them. And then it's every man for their self right there at the end. But there's a lot of unknowns right now. It's exciting. Uh, you know, the, obviously the Cup guys were down in L.A., raced up the Coliseum a couple of weeks ago. There was a couple of uh, a little bit of tempers flaring here and there. We'll see if that will continue. You know, if they'll carry that into the first race, the Daytona 500. Uh, so it's a lot to watch for, and it's exciting. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I just know when the Daytona 500 starts, man, it's going to be one heck of a race. Dominic, give us the qualifying stats on, on Hendrick and Chevy there. Well, I like David. I don't have him right in front of me, but I can tell you in the last six Daytona 500 attempts, Alex Bowman, every year he has been in a Hendrick car for the Daytona 500, has sat on that front row. And with the exception of 2020, it's been a Hendrick Motorsports driver sitting on the pole for the Daytona 500, Ricky Stenhouse being that exception in 2020. But Chevrolet's got it figured out. And Tyler, you and I were talking on it before we came on air. The last time Chevrolet didn't sit in a front row starting spot for the Daytona 500, you have to go all the way back to 2012 with Greg Biffle and Carl Edwards, I believe. It might have been 2011, but it, case in point, over a decade. We've had Chevrolet teams on that front row, Austin Dillon in 2014. 15 years. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Chevrolet has got qualifying figured out. Even moving qualifying to Wednesday night like they did last year, that didn't matter. Those driving conditions, and I'm sure Chris and David can weigh in more on that. I know that track changes from day to night and probably argue that there's more grip, temperature drops, but it's not necessarily race conditions. But time and time again, Hendrick Motorsports seems to have that place figured out on pole day. Yeah, yeah, they they, they certainly do, it seems, uh, on that front. Uh Chris, let me ask you this. Uh, we know how big of a race this means uh, for legacy-wise. And if you had to win one, this is the one that everybody wants to win. Who, who is the guy you think's got the most to gain? Who who do you think would would change the perception we think of them the most potentially if, if you added Daytona 500 champion in their resume? I, I mean, it's all of them. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I don't care if you're a, you know – 20 year veteran or a rookie, um, whether you're adding a, an additional Daytona 500 win or adding a new win, it just adds to the, the, the history. It adds to your, your legacy. So, so it's, it's important for, for everybody to cross that finish line first and, and be a Daytona 500, uh, winner. Yeah. Um, David, I, I think the one that would be maybe the most polarizing, and, and he's got a good shot, he's run up here before, would probably be a, a, a Bubba Wallace win. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But, you know, Bubba Wallace, we know he's he's uh, he'll be strong. Uh, you know, his cars, you know, that 20, 20, what is that, 23, 11 team. I mean, those guys, they're fast week in and week out. You know they're going to be fast on the super speedways. You know, and like Chris was saying, you know, every guy, no matter what their experience level, how many Daytona 500s they've won, if this is their first race or not, but to be the to be the day 
2024 Daytona 500 champion. That's something you'll have forever. And there's only so many men in the entire world that can say they want a Daytona 500. Very prestigious. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bragging rights. The manufacturers want to win it. Everybody wants to win this race. They want to win week in and week out. But if, if, if there was a race that the manufacturers, the teams, the drivers say, say, we want, this is the one, the biggest win, this would be the Daytona 500. So, uh, you know, you look at 2311, you look at Bubba Wallace, and you just look at, you know, Hendricks organization, the Gibbs organization, you know, just the Penske organization, you know, on and on and on. You know, all these guys are strong, you know, and you just you just look at past history. Who's the guy that stands out? Ricky Stenhouse, he's just, for some reason, he's always up there. Michael McDowell's a great super speedway racer. Denny Hamlin, but all of them, they're all got great cars, great talent, and that's what makes this race so exciting uh, to see who's going to be our 2004 Daytona 500 champion. You know what I mean? It's just so many unknowns right now. It'll be cool to watch qualifying tomorrow night. I mean, I mean, you know, we and like Dominic was saying, the dominance of Chevrolet winning the pole, been on the front row of so many years. You know, is that still going to be the case? You know, are we going to see a new manufacturer with these body changes? You know, what's going to happen? You know, so it's just, it's cool and exciting. And uh, hey, tomorrow night about this time, we'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Dominic, uh, we mentioned that this is this race is so wide open of so many potential possibilities. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson makes his return. He's back. There, there's some other guys that we typically don't see every week. I, I know A.J. Allmendinger is getting a chance to run, even though he's not full-time in Cup this year. Who are some of the notable names uh, that are, are kind of doing a one-off or, or, or coming back here for the Daytona 500 we typically don't see every week? Well, I, I think Jimmy Johnson is a, is a good starting point there. By the way, we'll get into odds later, but how can a seven-time champion and a two-time Daytona 500 champion – be 60 to one odds to even race or to not race in the Daytona 500, but win the Daytona 500 again, we'll get more into in that good equipment too. in good equipment. We know that Toyota equipment that he's in now is way better than that Chevrolet equipment that he had a year ago in that 84 team. But Jimmy Johnson for starters certainly comes to mind. David Reagan with RFK racing and the 60 car trying to, I don't know, Tyler, maybe pull a track house racing with their project 91 RFK 60. And that number being so important to the organization. David Reagan has always been great on super speedways. He's gotten his cup wins at Daytona and Talladega. He's been up front when it counts. He finished fifth in his first Daytona 500 in 2007. I wouldn't put it past Tyler. We'll get into it later, but David Reagan, Jimmy Johnson, these one-off guys, they're not locked into the Daytona 500, but it wouldn't surprise me if they have the speed to pull that off in pull day qualifying tomorrow. Yeah. We'll make our picks coming up later uh, of who we have winning this. But I do want to talk about the championship, too, with this being the start of a brand-new season and everything, uh, kind of look at the championship outlook. Chris, I'll, I'll start with you on this one here. I, I, I feel like the biggest storyline heading into 2024, this guy's brought a lot of attention on himself. He, he He's talked about, seems like, more than any other driver these days. Won the clash and started the season with the bang, already calling out the fans, saying, I beat your driver. I, I, I feel like the biggest story this year heading into 2024 is, is this the year Denny Hamlin finally breaks through and wins the championship? What, what, what do you think about that for, for Denny heading into this year? Well, I, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, this is definitely the year that uh, 
Danny's going to just keep running his mouth. I, I think he's, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He's, he's got the longest running sponsor for a driver in the cup series. And, yes. uh, uh, I don't exactly know how long he's been in the cup series, but man, he went from young punk to, to seasoned veteran. And I think he's just got, uh, you know, he's loud and rambunctious again, and, and he's got nothing to lose. So it's, it's certainly, it's certainly his to lose for sure. Yeah. Uh, David, let's go to you on that. Uh, Denny searching for that championship. He's more outspoken than ever. Uh, what, how do you feel about Denny Hamlin heading into 2024? Man, you know, I think Denny, I think he's in a good spot. You know, he's a seasoned veteran. He's won a lot of races, uh, you know, kicking off the, the year with winning the, the, at the Coliseum in L.A. Uh, you know, I've seen somewhere where he, uh, you know, he's uh, said he's going to calm down on being a little bit, uh, what do you call it, rambunctious and, uh, you know, saying I beat all your favorite drivers. I think that's behind him. I think he's engaged now. He's got a couple beautiful little girls, and I think he's in a good place. And, uh, you know, you can see a guy that's one of the superstars of our sport and is so competitive. You know, I, I feel for him. I, I hope it's his year. I'd like to see Denny, because, you know, away from all the spotlight and NASCAR and everything, he's a good friend, a great guy. And I, I don't know. I just, I'd just i like to see him finally get his championship. I'd hate for him to ever end his career without a championship. This brings back memories of how great Martin Martin was, man, one of the best all-time race car drivers that never won a NASCAR Cup Series championship. And that's a shame, you know. So I, I think it'd be pretty awesome uh, if we saw Denny win the 2024 championship. Just like Chris said, I, I agree with what Chris just said. I think it's his to lose, you know. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to be more focused I think, you know, his personal life, his home life, again, I I don't think he's married. I think he's engaged, has a beautiful family, and I just think he's at peace with everything. And, uh, man, I think it's like Chris said, it's it's his to lose. Dominic, I I could argue, you know, when you look at Denny Hamlin, what he's done to start 2311 racing and and being willing to step out and be the veteran of the sport and speaking out for changes in the direction of where it's going – I know he doesn't have a championship to his name, but you can't deny the impact that he's had on the sport. I, I'd argue of his generation, and he's a different generation than Jimmy Johnson so, or, or Dale Jr. and all that. He's the generation after. Um, there's not a more impactful driver of his generation than Denny Hamlin. I, I, I think that's ultimately, besides the wins, I think that's his overarching legacy right now. Well, and the longevity too. Chris touched on, and I thought it was a great point. The fact that he began his career at Joe Gibbs Racing, all 650 of his races have been in the 11 car. FedEx has been his primary partner. He's had pretty much the same colors since he started in the Cup Series. Even when you look at his go kart, Tyler, down his go kart days, he drove the 11 with a purple and orange game. Like, how, how can you get more stars aligned than that? But the fact that he has been a mover and shaker as far as business operations and starting a team. And I think he said it best last year, too. It didn't matter what was going to happen with the Joe Gibbs stuff. They asked him, do you have options? Well, of course, I always have options. I own a race team. So he has leverage. He's in a very unique position. We're going to look back 20 years from now, no matter if Denny Hamlin wins a championship or not, 50-plus wins, a contender, the longevity, the the status of the Cup Series and, and, and being in the Cup Series for 20-plus years. There's just so much to Denny Hamlin and – I would say, Tyler, I wouldn't have agreed with you maybe a couple of years ago, but Danny Hamlin is the best driver to have never won a cup title. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you finally came around on that, uh, Dom. I've been telling you for a while. Um, David, the Hendrick camp, pretty fascinating going into 2024. You got William Byron coming off a career season last year uh, where he had more wins than anybody. You got Kyle Larson looking for his second championship, and I could argue he's been the best driver in the sport the last three years. You got Chase Elliott looking to bounce back after a disappointing season and his and for his second championship. And then there's Alex Bowman, who's kind of on the hot seat. A lot of pressure to perform in that 48 car after a bad year last year. What do you think of what's going on in that Hendrick Motorsports camp heading in 2024? Well, man, you know, you can never count that powerhouse team out, that organization, you know, with the strength of that organization, you know, Chevrolet behind it. You know, it, it was it was uh, uh, you know surprising to see what happened there last year. You know, with Chase Elliott not making the chase. Uh, you know how strong William Byron was, and and uh, Kyle Larson was strong. But it was interesting to see. You didn't see. It seemed like it was like it was. It's like we. It was we weren't used to seeing that. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know as well. I think everybody knows that you can never count out any of those drivers. You know, uh, especially Chase Elliott, you know, Kyle Larson, uh, you know, William Byron. And then uh, what's the other guys on the hot seat, a little bit on the hot seat? Uh, Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman, yeah. You know, uh, you know, he he knows he's got a lot of catching up to do. But, man, you, they don't – they have the, the resources, every resource that it would take, engineering, they have it all. And, uh, man, I, I it'd be interesting to see if the whole – you know, they're a powerhouse, but, you know, a couple of their cars faded throughout the year. You know, it was, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, because you know the drive, the champions, and that, that don't sit very well with the drivers, that organization. So it's going to be interesting, and I think it's going to be a big story throughout the year this year of watching how the Hendricks, uh, every team performs and how they bounce back. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Well, you Chris, can never uh... count out those guys. Yeah, Chris, I mean, you, you look at Hendrick Motorsports, faces change, but expectations don't. They're always high at that organization to compete at the very top. Um, of their four drivers, who, who do you like the most? Uh, who do you think is going to be the most competitive, best shot to win the championship? Oh, oh th that one's easy. It's Kyle Larson. Um, you know, here's the issue, and I love Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, you know, it, it's being a fan of of. Jeff Bodine and watching every driver come through there. Um, the part that is going to be unpopular coming out of my mouth is there's those guys haven't had to worry about eating or paying their bills at home. And so when you haven't had to be hungry, it's like, um, I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that fighter is is um, um, I don't know if it's there. I don't know if that that fire needs to be lit under their butt because they're just not hungry. I mean, you think about the Jeff Bodine stories, the the hey, we got one car and we either run well or we lock the doors. And in those days are gone. And, and you know, I know, uh, uh, you know, David coming into the sport years and years ago, I mean, like you didn't know if you had a deal. It's like, you didn't know if next week you were still going to be racing. And, and it's like that, um, 
I think that's missing. And um, I think the guy that has it the most is Kyle Larson. I mean, I hate to say it. David, uh, what, what, do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, you know, those guys, that organization, you know, there's nothing missing. They, you know, they have everything that, that each team and that organization needs technology, engineering, you know, the best of everything, you know, and, uh, you know, I agree with Chris, you know, who, you know, if you're Alex Bowman, I mean, you know, you got William Byron winning all these races. It's like, man, you know, if you got the same, same everything, dude, I don't know. I mean, uh, just, you know, that drive to be the best at that organization, you know, to, to, to do your part per se. You know, you, you'd hate to be the guy where everybody else is winning. You're just, you know, you're just out there running the top tens, you know. So I think the pressure's on, uh, you know, for the guys that didn't perform much last year to, to get back to their winning ways, you know, because you know as well as I do, Mr. Hendricks, Jeff Gordon, that organization, you know, I, I don't know what their contracts are. And, uh, you know, and, and listen to Chris speak about, you know, how hungry are they? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it just, man, you know, they, like Chris said, you know, they're going to pay their bills. They got plenty of money. You know, it's not like, man, I got to win this race or finish good, or I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. You know, I don't believe any of them have that problem. But, man, as a competitor, as a race car driver, the best of the best, and I don't know about you guys, but, man, I, I want to win. I want to win. I'm going to do whatever it takes. You know, you don't know how bad that passion, that burning desire is in those guys, you know. And like Chris says, do they got it or do they don't have it? You know what I mean? And, uh, man, sometimes you got to dig deep, dude, whatever it's going to take. You know, I mean, you almost got to take yourself out of having such a great life and go back to the basics. You know, like, hey, man, how did I get here? You know, the grind that passion, you know, doing, you know, sleeping in cars, you know, doing whatever it takes to make it happen and getting race cars and drive your tail off or everything you ever dreamed of, you know, sometimes you got to take yourself out of that safe environment and, and go back to what got you there to get you back in the winter circle. You know what I mean? That grind. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, I, I agree with Chris, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Especially like Alex Bowman, we mentioned him being on the hot seat. That, what you're talking about, was not very long ago uh, of when he didn't have any money in his bank account, didn't have a ride, and was just trying to survive in this sport. And now he's one bad year away from being right back to that, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. It makes a great point from both of you guys. A couple more things on this before we get to our news and notes here. Uh, Dom, uh, the defending champ, Ryan Blaney, comes in and and got a chip on his shoulder to an extent because all all the talk offseason long was, hey, he's the champion, but he only won three races. He didn't win at Phoenix. It wasn't a dominating season. We we know that Penske's top equipment, Ford coming in with the new body and everything. I think there's – Pressure on on Ryan Blaney and, and kind of him with a chip on his shoulder, something to prove that he was a worthy champion last year. I, I think so, and and I think that goes back to what you guys have been talking about is having that chip on your shoulder, having that grind, getting back to the basics. You betcha Blaney has that chip on his shoulder. He's hearing all the noise. People are doubting his legitimacy of his championship. He won it fair and square in the format that we have currently in the Cup Series, but. 
course, critics are always going to say what they will. And you, you got to imagine that's got to fire you up a little bit as a competitor. But of course, you want to drown that outside noise as much as you can. You can't cancel it all out. So whatever is getting to him, I'm sure he's going to use that as fuel, Tyler. Use that as motivation to have an even better 2024 season. Because you're right. The, the stats, the numbers look like an 8th to 10th place car all year. I mean, he did have some flashes of brilliance, but he was good when it counted. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, I think that actually might be uh, kind of a bad position for everybody else. A champion that's hungry for more, not 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 content. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, if he's not getting the respect that uh, he feels like he deserves or there's something missing. And, you know, as a driver, a competitor, just because you win, it doesn't mean that you're fulfilled. So if something is missing, um, I mean, he's he comes from a, a, a family of racers. He's a he's a quality racer and uh, a man who's hungry. You can't get in his way. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, David, and then we'll uh, we'll move on here. I got to talk about the Stuart Haas camp. Made some major changes uh, this offseason here as uh, Chase Briscoe's back. Ryan Priest is back for a second year. But now you bring in Noah Gragson uh, in one seat. Uh, and then Josh Berry replaces the legendary Kevin Harvick, who was the best driver that organization ever had here. And they're coming off a disappointing season where nobody won a race in 2023 and, and Tony Stewart has made it very known what they did last year was unacceptable that they cannot let that happen again. He's putting the pressure on his team and his drivers to perform. David, what, what do you think about this new era uh, there at Stewart Hall's racing? And what do you expect it to have a good year from there? Well, man, they have four talented race car drivers, young guys that are hungry, who have proven themselves can get the job done, you know? You think back to just past season and to see Kevin Harvick, there was a glimpse of a lot of speed. Seemed like, you know, they had speed, not consistently, but he was pretty fast, you know, but the other car struggled, you know. And I, I'm not saying, you know, when Kevin Harvick's not pulling in the victory lane, y'all seen he was dominant, he was fast, a lot of speed, not consistent, but he was there a lot. And, uh, you know, I just think, uh, you know, their engineering, technology, the engineering, they got, I don't know what's going on with their race cars, but, you know, I, to me, it's something in the race cars. It's not exactly how they want them. I'm not going to say it was the drivers because the drivers I had are very capable. I just, I think Stuart Haas is a little bit behind and where they're behind that, to me, a little bit behind on this, on this new G car, you know? And uh, I, I think when the, that the new next-gen car first came out, I think they were on top of it and had a little bit of a handle of it. But, you know, a lot of these teams have caught up. And really, you know, like you said, George Stewart Haas, it's no, it's no big secret. They're struggling. And like Tony was saying, hey, I don't, you know, I don't do the setup. So, I'm, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to put those key people in place. And, uh, man, it's, it's been interesting to watch kind of the, uh, the fall of Stuart Haas racing. We're not, you know, we're seeing them winning and, and contending for championships. So it'll be interesting to see is this off season, uh, the improvements that made to their organization and their cars, you know, and you, you look at the, the, 
Brad Kozlowski in the Rouse organization to see Brad go over there as part owner and to see what he's done and, and the key people he's put in place. I mean, you could see that place getting better week in and week out. And then to have Chris Busher win three races and to see Brad up there contending for wins, man, these guys, they put their heads down and man, they got to work and it, and it, and it worked. And I think you're going to see that out of Stuart Haas. You know, it's been a lot of talk. Tony's been really engaged with the fans and with everybody. You know, I think I saw where he's like, he's getting a lot of the fans are on him, you know, faulting him for the down, you know, uh, uh, kind of the, the downfall of the performance of the organization. And Tony's, Tony's saying, hey, look, I don't do the setups. I'm, I try to hire the right people. I got great talents in the seat. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward throughout the year this year because you know, you know, the drivers they had, Noah Gregson, uh, Josh Berry. I mean, these guys are winners. They won championships. And, uh, uh, you know, and then the other two guys have been there for, I think, through two or three years. I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to see if if, uh, if there's a big turnaround there because it is a big story. It has been a big story. So it'd be interesting to watch how it all turns out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. Um, Dominic, uh, I'll ask you this, and then we'll uh, move on to news and notes here. Who is going to have the best year, you think, from that Stuart Hall's camp? Yeah, that's a great question. One combined win among the four drivers, but that's set to change in 2024. You got to think Chase Briscoe stepping up as the veteran, having a great year. He's shown that he can do great things in the Cup Series, led a bunch of laps at Phoenix. He had some great runs last year, and I know they had the big point penalty that really set them back in points, but you put all that aside – Chase Bresco almost won at Texas in the fall. So we have seen some really good opportunities out of that 14 camp. I feel like Chase Briscoe has to step up the flagship car, that organization now that Harvick is out at 14, the first car that was with the rebranding, you got to step up. You got to feel like there's pressure, especially when Tony Stewart signs you and brings you in. And this is a guy you look up to. You don't want to let the, the, the big boss down. Yeah, certainly. All right. Our uh, news and notes time. Uh, hey, go hey, ahead. Uh, Tyler. Yes. So you just talk a little bit more about this. You look at what what the Penske organization's done and what the Rouse Fenway organization's done. So you know you you look at you know Ford won the championship, you know, and uh, Chris Buescher won three races. I don't have all the stats in front of me, but man, to me, you know, just Ford in general as a manufacturer in the Cup Series, you know, you can't just sit here and say all oh, they. You know they got an arrow disadvantage or this because man the, the Ford cars have been pretty uh, pretty competitive you know winter races and uh, so it's interesting to see if the, the personnel changes that they've made over there at, at a Stuart Haas Racing to see if it's going to make a difference. I just feel like I mean they've gotten behind and and you know it's like man why have they gotten behind you know and they and they reach over to their to their manufacturer teammates and get some help but man. It, you know, we see what's going on, and, man, it's interesting because you think the manufacturer, all these different organizations that are Ford, you think they work together. Well, if they work together, then they sure left Stuart Haas out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, very competitive, and you don't really know how much information all the teams, even under the same manufacturer umbrella, you know, don't look like they were reaching out too much to Stuart Haas helping them out. So it'll be interesting to see. If Ford maybe came together with all their teams to say, hey, we want to build all our teams up, share some information, be interesting to see how that all turns out and how it works. Yeah, 
It's a great point. It's a great point for sure. Uh, news and notes time for the uh, latest headlines around the sport. Uh, Dominic, go ahead and uh, take us away where we want to begin. We're going to begin with sports betting. We're coming off the biggest, arguably the biggest American sports betting, betting weekend with the Super Bowl. We have the Daytona 500 ahead, and we have some of the odds a little bit better broken down, courtesy of our friends at the Racing Experts, Jonathan Field, and his article with the odds heading into the weekend. So your favorite by sports book. Here's how we're going to break it down. BetMGM has Brad Keselowski at 11 to 1. Bet365, Ryan Blaney at 9 to 1. Blaney's the favorite again, 12 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Caesars has Keselowski at 8.5 to 1. Danny Hamlin is the DraftKings favorite at nine to one. And a lot of these names pop up among the other five favorites by Sportsbook. Chris Busher's name pops up, Kyle Bush a couple of times, Brad Keselowski. Guys that haven't won the Great American Race yet, they are some of the favorites. Some of your mid-range picks include Ricky Stenhouse Jr., your winner last year. He's at 30 to one. And Bubba Wallace sitting with two second place finishes in the Daytona 500. He's still sitting at 20 to one as well. Martin Truex edged, 2016, same thing, 20-1. to 1. And then when you look at the long shots, Tyler, we'll go across the board here. Some of these from select organizations, Zane Smith, 80-1. to 1. Corey LaJoy, 66-1 to 1 by Bet365. Riley Hurst, 85-1. to 1. A.J. Omdinger, who has had some good runs today, Daytona 500, 80-1 to 1 as well. The highest ones that you see, though, Anthony Alfredo at 100-1. to 1. David Reagan at 101 as well, which surprises me because that's going to be really good equipment. Yeah. So in a nutshell, uh, based on all those odds, this is uh, anyone's guess. This is wide open. So that kind of leads us into uh, our official race picks. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Who is the winner of the 2024 Daytona 500? Well, so I, you know, I, I said it before, I, I got to go with Kyle Busch. You know, I, I just feel like he's got enough of an attitude, enough of a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I could go with the guy with the coolest name, but since David Starr's not running the cup race, I got to go with Kyle Busch. <laughs> <laughs> David, uh, follow that up. Uh, who wins the Daytona 500? Well, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Okay. And and that would be Denny's third, right, Dom? Fourth. That would be his fourth. fourth. I got to go the same. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been so dominant with, you know, these super speedways. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, there's so many to pick from. You got to pick one, you know, so I'm going to say Denny Hamlin. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dom, go ahead. Who you got? No, I'm with David there. Maybe it's the, the boring vanilla pick, but it's – the right pick, I think, for the 2024 Daytona 500. Plus, Tyler, we were talking about this on air before. We have so many parallels to the 2020 season in sports. He won the Daytona 500 in 2020. Denny Hamlin gets it done in 24. You yeah, David, what are you going to do now? You can't pick Kevin Harvick on the show every week now. <laughs> Come back on that. I said, David, what are you going to do now? You can't pick Kevin Harvick on the show every week now. <laughs> Well, I got to find a new guy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find oh, some. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the defending champion of the sport, Ryan Blaney. Uh, he's very good at super speedways. We mentioned he's got something to prove here. Um, I, I, I think Blaney great gets done. Yeah. Um, great what about the championship now? Let's, uh, let's, let's start with Dom this time. Uh, who who do you like to, to take home the cup title? We did the show last year, and I, I went into this whole big old number spill 
about Denny Hamlin going to break this curse, win the championship. And I, I wrote that all season. It just didn't happen. It's so hard with the playoffs. And then it comes down to a one race battle, but I got to imagine some redemption comes in 2024. Tyler, I, I think you'd be proud of me on this pick because of who you like to pick every week last year. It's the 24 and 24. William Byron secures that first title. He should have won it last year. If, if we're going to be honest, I, I think he, he should have won that title last year. Very good pick. I'm going to stay within the organization. I think this guy raced a lot better as the year went along. He's been the best driver the last three years in the sport. I think Kyle Larson takes home his second career NASCAR Cup Series championship. Uh, he's my pick in there than Hendrick Camp. Chris, uh, who wins the title? Oh, man, this is an easy one. This is an easy one. Bear with me for a second. So here, here's what I think is going to happen. Uh, uh, Jeff and Dominic's book's going to do really well. Sponsors are going to come out of the woodworks. Jeff Bodine is going to come out of retirement, go back racing for <laughs> Hendricks, win the championship. That's my pick, Jeff Bodine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there, there's still time to get on the entry list of the Daytona 500. <laughs> I heard there's an opening. Oh, we got to talk about it in news and notes, yes. Okay. All right, Jeff. Uh, with, with beyond that, David, uh, if it's not Jeff Bodine, who's winning the title? Well, I think that our our, our, our champion, 2023 champion, Ryan Bellaney, I think, man, he's got a taste of all, all that notoriety and just winning the championship. I, I, you know, Ryan was a pretty laid back. He was a great race car rider, competitive. But, man, finally getting his first championship, tasting all that victory and all that celebration. And just, to me, I think it, it, I think it, it, it might have lit that fire a little hotter inside his body, you know. So I think Ryan Blaney is going to be one to watch. But I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I think this is his year, and I think he'll be the champion. All right. So uh, two for Denny. One for Kyle Larson and one for Jeff Bodine as well. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it, Dominic. Uh, what else we got going on? Well, we were alluding to just a few seconds ago. There is an open ride now for the Daytona 500 at the taping of this podcast. New York Racing, the 42nd entry for the Daytona 500 with their number 44 car, is entered for the race to be announced as the driver. Hint, hint. Maybe David Starr will be in that car this weekend. But on on a serious note, on it, Greg Biffle was supposed to be the driver allegedly. But Bivol came out with a statement for another show saying that prior obligations were not met and that he just couldn't find himself racing with the organization. Wished him the best of luck. Open ride, though. It looked like Biffle might have had an opportunity to run the Daytona 500 again. No word. And Tyler, the, the hauler even had Biffle's name there on the windshield where the, the appropriate name goes in the Cup Series. That's been cleaned off. And apparently the hauler also had Biffle's signature, and that has been removed as well. So, David, uh, would you like to step in and race the uh, the New York Racing uh, car in the Daytona 500? Are you are, are you available? I'm available, and, and and Chris would, everybody would. I mean, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Ever since I knew what NASCAR stock car racing was, the Daytona 500 is iconic. Again, we've talked about it so much on the show already, but. Man, I would love to jump in that car and try to make the Daytona 500. It'd be a dream come true for me, for Chris, and for others who have never had the opportunity. But man, I, I would, I would love to. I've been doing this 26 years, been racing at Daytona for a long time, and I've never, I've run the, the Firecracker 400 or whatever you call the race 
at a cup level, but I've never raced in the Daytona 500. And before it's all said and done, I'd like to have the opportunity to, to race in the Great American Race one day. And, uh, man, I, I'd love to jump in that 44 car. It's Chris, sad to uh, hear. Yeah, yeah. It's very sad to hear. Uh, Chris, that, it's that's sad to hear what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Chris, about that, that situation. You're a team. As far as we know, they, they don't have a driver. Maybe they have something lined up behind the scenes they haven't announced yet, but we're about to qualify these cars in less than 24 hours. I mean, what what a frantic and hectic situation that must be for that team right now. Oh, yeah. You're, you're panicking because here's the thing. It's it's not just that you don't have a driver because you go, you go okay, there's, there's several guys who are cleared to jump in that car, for instance. So, so you know, uh, David Starr walks up to the car since he's going to be in Daytona and I'm currently in Charlotte, um, walks up to the car. What if the seat is not mounted right for him? What if the cockpit isn't right? You know, you, you add, you add a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, a lot of variables that can make it uncomfortable for, for a driver. And, and I'll tell you this, you know, uh, TV doesn't do justice on what it takes to get uh, a car around the track at Daytona. Everybody thinks they go, all right, it's Daytona. You hold it to the wood and you just steer it straight. Right. But so, so I was, I was thinking about my very first lap at Daytona. I'm going, yeah, you just hold it to the wood, but, but you come on down that back stretch, right. You go into turn three and my leg is shaking so bad. I want to lift because I don't know if it's going to stick. I'm putting my left foot on top of my right foot, you know, just to turn that first lap wide open. And I'm going to send this to David. I mean, you know, when you think about your first lap getting back on Daytona, do, do you get that jitter? Do you think about if if your name gets called to jump in that 44, are you nervous? Man, you just, you know, there's a lot of, you know, how much practice you're going to get. You know, there's a lot of challenges for a last-minute driver change, and it sounds like that's what's going to happen, Mina, you know, because you guys know as well as I do, you know, I would jump at the bit, whether that seat fit me or not. Perfect. But, man, you, you guys have seen it year after year. You know, there's always going to be a big one. And if you're in that big one, man, you want you want everything just perfect. With all the safety that we have built into these cars and the seats and everything, you want to take advantage of that, you know. So that will be a big challenge. Finding somebody that's great Bissell size, Bissell seat is in there, to be able to sit in there, be comfortable, and everything safe and snug for the driver. So that is a big challenge ahead of them. The second thing I want to say, you know, I didn't really realize all this was going on. I saw a statement from Bissell, I think, yesterday uh, briefly, and I read it real quick. What what I think he was saying was that they their financial obligation to, to Greg Biffle wasn't met. They probably still owe him money. And, man, that's not good. You know what I mean? Greg Biffle is a champion, a winner, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats of NASCAR. And, uh, man, if that's the case, you know, he have a hard time finding a driver to get in that car, you know, because, you know, if, if they can't pay Greg Biffle, how are they going to pay anybody else? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of kind of interesting, you know what I mean, to, to read in what, what Biffle's statement, you know. And it's sad that, that you know, that it came down to that, but Biffle could 
being the Daytona 500, but, you know, they didn't meet his obligations last year, and uh, you got to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Dom, uh, are you hearing uh, any leads of, of who could be in that car? I, I obviously, we'll, we'll know something here soon, but what, what, what's the direction that sounds like it's going? I haven't. I, to be honest with you, I haven't seen anything come across my way that has said this driver may be in or the others, but you see rumblings on social media, and you got to figure maybe somebody like a – J.J. Ailey could be available or a Matt Benedetto, somebody who has been in the Cup Series very recently or someone that might already be in Daytona who be, could be pulling double duty. Got to imagine a name like that. Maybe somebody with the Chevrolet Alliance. A, a name I heard that actually got thrown out maybe would be Ty Dillon. If New York Racing has a Richard Childress engine, you got to think Ty Dillon might be the natural candidate for that car. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Dominic, what else we got here? So. Another thing surrounding the Daytona 500, the longest drafts when we're talking about the Daytona 500. Tyler, we have some really big names who have never won the Daytona 500. There are seven past Daytona 500 winners attempting the field this weekend. So that tells you there's 35 other drivers who have never won the race. I'm going to go through some of these numbers. And these are drivers that have had at least 10 attempts or more at the Daytona 500. A.J. Allmendinger, Kyle Larson tied at 10 apiece. Almondinger's best finish was third. Larson's has been seventh. Keselowski, Brad Keselowski at 14 attempts. His best finish in the race was third, and that was 10 years ago. David Reagan has got his name back in the field. He has 16 attempts at the big race. His best finish was in 2020 when he was running for Rick Ware Racing in the 36 car. Kyle Busch, with 18 attempts, has never won the Great American Race. And Tyler, he is the only driver in the top 10 of the NASCAR Cup Series wins list to have never won a Daytona 500. So let that sink in. And then finally, of all the drivers who have never won the Daytona 500 that are active and on the entry list, Martin Truex Jr. with 19 attempts. Lost by about that much in 2016, about a couple inches worth to Denny Hamlin, his future teammate. Other drivers who have yet to win the Daytona 500, Ryan Blaney at nine attempts, Chase Elliott at eight attempts, Chris Buescher at eight attempts, Bubba Wallace six attempts. So a lot of drivers, a lot of good drivers, future Hall of Famers have not won that Daytona 500. And I think Brad Keselowski said it best. You don't win the Daytona 500. The Daytona 500 chooses you as the winner. Well, Chris, uh, what, let's start with you on this. You picked Kyle Busch to win this. As Dominic mentioned, he's never won the Daytona 500. I yeah. mean, we, we mentioned him and, and some of these other names that have never won it. They've had these Hall of Fame careers. It, it, it's so incredible because, yes, anyone can win this, but that doesn't take away how tough this thing is still to win. Yeah, yeah, listen, just, just getting your car through tech, you should get a trophy for getting the car through tech. I mean, you know, uh, David David can attest to that, that, that some days you just don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's anybody's game at Daytona, but at the same token, it's like, man, you, you got to be there at the end. You got to miss that big one. And you just never know. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, we were just talking about the Super Bowl, which by the way, I was born and raised in the Bay, San Francisco 49ers are my guys, man, I feel bad they lost, but it's, it's just like that. I mean, you can be on top and then it just turns and, and you're in the back or you could be in the back. The next thing you know, you're the winner. So it's, it's, it can change fast. Yeah. Um, and, and David, just because you have that Hall of Fame career, it doesn't always mean that you're going to get that. I mean, Tony Stewart came so close. It took Dale Earnhardt 18 times here. And now here we are, attempt number 18 for Kyle Busch. 
Yeah, you know, you just took the words right out of my mouth, Tyler. I was going to say, took Dale Earnhardt, I think it's 20th to try. I think it was 20th. It might be 18. You look at Daryl Walter. I mean, a lot, lots of the Hall of Famers that took them 18, 20, 21, 22 times. You know what I mean? So, you know, anything's possible. Like Chris is saying, you just never know. You got to be there at the end. You got to be able to, you know, have the racing God, have that luck on your side. Be there at the end. You could be in the back. Next thing you know, you're the Daytona 500 champion. You just you know, there's so much drama and a lot of challenges throughout the race. You know, it's the first race of the year. Everybody's antsy to win. Everybody wants to get out there and race hard. And, and man, you're, it's intense. You're on top of each other and things happen. You know, you know there's going to be a big one. You know, you just don't want to be part of it. But, you know, you, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Kyle Busch in victory lane, you know, Denny Hamlin again. Uh, you know, but, man, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's why it's a Daytona 500. Like that. Like uh, Dominic said, you know, I guess nobody wins it. The, the, the 500 picks the winner, you know. But it's, uh, you know, it's always interesting and challenging to to uh, to win the Great American Race. And you look at Denny Hamlin with three wins, and I think Richard Petty won it seven times. You know, those are just, you know, just records that probably will never ever be broken to win that thing seven times. You know, it's amazing because it's so hard and it's so competitive. And there's so many obstacles throughout the race, you know. And, and again, if you can just mess the big one or big ones, uh, you know, be there at the end, it, it's, uh, it's just a challenge, you know. But it's, uh, it's exciting, and that's what keeps us all, you know, uh, on the edge of our seats watching it, see who's going to well, win because there's so many people can win it. Well, and, and real quick on this, Dom, uh, we've talked a lot about Kyle Busch, obviously. But Martin Truex is an interesting story because – there was a lot of retirement speculation this past offseason. He ultimately comes back for Martin Truex, who you mentioned came so close several years ago. Who knows? This very well could be his last shot. It seems like it could, but then there was also an interview with Bob Parker's that he had a one-on-one with Fox Sports a few days ago, and it got released in part on, on X, on Twitter. And Truex was saying that he can't imagine leaving the sport without winning the Daytona 500. Maybe if he wins the Daytona 500, it could very well be his last year or at least his last full-time year because he's flirting with that the last two, three years. Is he coming back? Is he staying? No past champion that is currently racing currently has announced that they're going to be retiring anytime soon. Truex would probably be at the top of that list. But you got to imagine, like Chris was saying earlier, you got to feel a little unfulfilled if you don't have that Daytona 500 win to you and Truex has got to be feeling that 19 wins he's dominated he's never won on a super speedway either Tyler yeah and that's something and, and he's been good too that's the thing that's surprising so another time he was what, yeah, what? From getting that checkered flag at the Daytona firecracker 428 and then the green white checkered happened finished second to Eric Jones so many close attempts yeah yeah one thing about Truex uh, I want to go back to his retirement you know it's when the next gen came the next gen car came out and, uh, you know, they were used to dominating, winning a lot of races. When the new car came out, it kind of equaled up the playing field for everyone, you know. And they didn't have that big advantage in trying to get their arms wrapped around what the car needed. It's just what they needed for Truex to drive it like he needed to drive it. They struggled to get the car to do what Truex wanted it to do. It kind of, you know, that, that period of time, uh, which I think was probably a year's time, you know, going to the racetrack week in and week out, not being competitive, being frustrating. I 
think it took the fun out of it for him. You know, he, he just said, man, if this, if we can't get our arms around this thing. If this is the way it's going to be, I'm just going to retire out of this thing. And then once they finally got their arms wrapped around it, just figuring it out, he got closer to winning and then finally winning. I think it, it, it got, it was fun again, you know, so we didn't hear that much about retirement. And I don't, I don't know about you guys and maybe I haven't paid much attention to that, you know, uh, but I hadn't heard any rumblings of that kind of, you know, that kind of talk. Have you guys here lately? Not really. Not, 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 not in a while, Dom. No, I can't say I have either, but you know, the sport changes so much. Like David was saying earlier, you, you can experience the highs of the sport and the lows of the sport and, and you, just, you just never know what's going to happen and, and how that influences decisions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, uh, let's get to our final segment or, uh, Ask David segment where you guys submit questions to us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash star podcast, X at star podcast, also by email, David star podcast at gmail.com. You can find us there. And uh, our first question for the whole panel, we'll, we'll start with David on the, this one. David, how was your off season? What did you do? Uh, this question coming in from uh, Mary, by the way. Mary wants to know just how was the off season? What did you do? Man, that was a great question, Mary. Well, the off season, I, uh, you know, I tried to enjoy the Thanksgiving and Christmas time with my family first and foremost, and uh, caught up on being a husband and a dad a lot. Uh, I was busy with my racing school business, the Team Texas Racing School business that I have based at the Texas Motor Speedway, and then the rest of my time was spent with different companies, introduce them to the sport, trying to get them to to be a part of the sport, be a partner of mine, be a sponsor of mine, understand the benefits from it. I, I spent a lot of lots of time and still am with new companies trying to introduce them to NASCAR racing and what the sport can do for their company. So just a lots and lots of time meeting with companies, trying to get all the partners I can get uh, so we can be competitive, bring funding to a team to have better equipment, have engineer, have technology, and uh, that's that's what my winter looked like, my off season looked like this year. Chris, go ahead. What, what was the question? I was listening oh. to David, and I was mesmerized by how cool his voice is. You know, he's got that Texas accent, and I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to emulate some of that and just sound cool. Chris, uh, you're way cool. <laughs> not, not as cool as a David Starr. Chris, maybe even a little more broader uh, beyond just the offseason. But since we last talked, what, what are the things going on with you? What have you been up to, Matt? You know, my my uh, my my little tour bus business has, has been doing pretty well. Um, you know, we, we've been growing pretty substantially. We we took on a, uh, a Hollywood A-lister who is a musician by the name of Keanu Reeves. Um, oh. And I, I got to spend two months straight out on the road with Keanu and his band dog star, which uh, they, they've been just, uh, man, their music is just so awesome. And it, uh, uh, it has opened some opportunities for my band. And, you know, we, we've opened, uh, opened a show for them in Charlotte and uh, you know, creating some further opportunities in the future. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Dominic, uh, uh, you got the book out, but uh, you've been up to plenty of stuff too. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, Chris, if you ever need a fill-in drummer, just just call me. You got my number. I'd be happy. I, to I'll do it, man. I will do it. <laughs> I'll step up too. Yes, yeah, I'm just playing in a band. I'm <laughs> my, my 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 wife and son don't know about 
drummer Don yeah, inside of me. But no, anyway, you know, the book kept me busy over the off season, getting all that promoted. And, and and besides that, just like the personal stuff, trying to be at home and, and spend time with Felice and Christopher and and just like like David said, be a husband, be a dad, try to do everything you can on the home front. So it was a good blend, Tyler. A lot of good family time, a lot of good time to also just rest and relax, but also just work on other projects and March head towards 2024. And, and I know you, Tyler, you stay busy. I know it's not the summer of Jones quite yet. The, that, that's been shelved because it's wintertime, but I know you're just as busy during the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. Certainly uh, a lot of NFL stuff in my world. Uh, you know, just wrap that up. Uh, my Chiefs win the Super Bowl, so that certainly made me happy. Uh, boo. Let me boo. just say boo to that. Life, lifetime 49er uh fan boo to the chiefs <laughs> so that was a great way to end it and, and, and in fact you can see behind me i know david can't see because he's on the phone my, my wall here i got kansas speedway and then there's patrick mahomes right there both behind me so um on set but yes uh great football season but certainly excited to, to get back to the nascar world and see my nascar family i'll be in vegas here in a few weeks so uh, it'd be great to be a part of that and everything that unfolds there. But uh, off-season and NASCAR just goes by so quick. We're right back at it. Uh, not in Daytona this year. I took the year off from Daytona, but I I'm sure I'll probably be back next year and looking forward to being out there again. Um, another question in uh, the mailbag this week, and uh, this one uh, comes from Tanner. And uh, Tanner wants to know, this one's for Chris. Uh, Chris, what is on your – Spotify playlists or what are you, what are you listening to these days? Oh man. Well, so, so right now, right now I've got, uh, I try to, I try to stay loyal to my clients. Right. And so on my Spotify playlist right now is uh Motley Crue guitarist, John five. And, uh, you know, just just the wizardry of a guitarist. He's on tour right now, uh, one of my clients. And uh, Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes is uh, best known for being the uh, uh, in the band Deep Purple. He's out on tour right now. So I support my clients. And then, of course, my, my dog star guys, Keanu Reeves, uh, Rob and Brett. Those guys, you know, their music is uh, uh, right up right up our age alley you know it's, it's perfect so so that's what's on my spotify david uh i know you're a big music guy uh you you, you love listening <laughs> uh maybe not spotify but at least to the radio anyway what, what are you listening to these days david luke combs toby keith you know uh man you'd be amazed at the different diverse music i have <laughs> you know what i mean motown journey <laughs> Robert Plant, you know what I mean? I just, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all kinds, you know? So, uh, yeah, but, uh, but man, I'm straight to straight, stay uh, true to my roots. I love my classic country. I love country, but man, I love my classic rock and roll too. So yeah. David, come on, yeah, come on, David, you, you know, you know, you've got right said Fred's I'm too sexy on repeat. You know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about all that, Chris. <laughs> hey, David, you mentioned Toby Keith. Uh, you know, he, he and I are from the same home state from Oklahoma. I, I was so sad to hear about him passing away last week. Uh, what what is just a great American, great guy Toby Keith was. Man, uh, un unbelievable. You know, just, uh, man, that's just, it was sad. Sad to hear the news, uh, you know, when we saw him at the, 
what was it the awards the grammy awards i don't remember what what they called it but you know he uh you know he's uh he didn't lose his wittiness because he he was kind of funny you know about the skinny drink uh, jeans and things like that but uh but man you know i think he was at peace with everything hearing him talk man we're gonna miss him you know he was uh he made some good music entertained uh, lots of people and, and man you know and and that, you know, Chris might know a little bit more, more about him, but, you know, they said he really helped Taylor Swift get her start, and I'm sure he did for a lot of others. But, uh, but man, just that's just sad news, to be honest with you. You know, Chris, it's just sad. And, man, it just goes to show you, life's precious, cancer sucks, and, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Chris, did you get to know Toby Keith at all? You know, I'd, I'd never met the guy. You know, I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of, of meeting some great musicians. Toby Keith was never one of them. But, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, the, the guy was a straightforward, um, you know, he was a straightforward country guy. Kind of put me in mind as, as cool as David Starr is, you know, just you knew what you got. When he walked through the, through the door, you knew who he was. And, you know, uh he lived life, man. So we, we've all got this, uh, we've all got this death sentence coming. And I feel like he was one of the guys who took life. He lived it to its fullest. We're going to miss him. But, but man, that guy, uh, he cashed in all his chips. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. certainly did. Uh, Dahmer, what do you listen to? Man, you guys are going to think I'm stuck in a time warp. I grew up in the wrong era and I've had this conversation with, with Chris off air, but I'm, I'm a classic rock guy, classic metal. My mom's got that classic rock 80s feel. My dad's got the metal stuff. So I get a little bit of, I think, a blend from them. And I can appreciate stuff outside of that, too. But currently, I was looking through it. You're going to see 38 Special, The Cars, The Police, Def Leppard, Steve Miller Band. That's about my speed on stuff. I like, I like stuff like 311, Rancid. There's some good... Like, newer music i listen to but yeah Tyler, i'm kind of all over the map but definitely the classic rock guy of the group how about you uh i love me some country music luke combs morgan wallen um you know come to mind right away thomas rett i saw in concert a while back uh he was fantastic um you know since since she took care of my tight end so well i've been li i have listened to more taylor swift lately even though she wasn't my my favorite but you know we got the football, so thank you taylor for helping out travis in that front um, but I've always liked John Mayer too. He's been one of my favorites. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of great music. Uh, you know, I, I'm always listening to music all the time, but, uh, love going to concerts too. So I mentioned Thomas Rhett. I saw Morgan Wallen last year. Um, saw Dustin Lynch a while back. I've seen Luke Holmes too. I think I'm going to try to go to Luke Holmes's concert in San Antonio this year too. So yeah. Uh, love the music scene there, uh, for sure. Guys, uh, we got to wrap up. Uh, we got to get out of here in uh, just a moment. But first, uh, let's just kind of go around the room real quick. What everybody's got going on here these uh, next couple of days, Chris? Uh, where, where are you off to next? What's uh, where are your journeys taking you these days, man? Well, you know, we we just came out of the studio with uh, um, you know our, our country album, putting that together. You know, it's it's in the hands of professionals, mixing, mastering. We're we're putting our our tour together, so. Uh, to answer your question, I know at some point we're we're going on tour. I just don't have the specifics just yet. Dominic, uh, you're off to Daytona here in a couple of days, right? I'll be off to Daytona. I'm going to be there covering the race weekend with our team at theracingexperts.com. And, of course, 
helping promote this bad boy with Jeff Bodine and the team out there in Daytona. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Got a couple of book signings to help with there over the weekend, as well as media obligations that I've got to do on my end with, with our team. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little bit of both get to see the, the book stuff getting promoted and we'll see where that takes it. And, and of course, covering the race weekend for our team. Yes. And have we mentioned David uh, arriving uh, should be there any minute, actually, uh, there in Daytona and he'll be racing in the Xfinity race. Uh, David, real quick, tell us about the Xfinity race and how many trips you and uh, Carl will be making to the wing house this weekend. Well, I don't know about how many trips we're going to be making there, but uh, I'm sure it'll be one or two, but just pulled into Bucky's to load up on some goodies and uh, be pulling into the speedway here in about 20 minutes. And uh, man, just, I'm just, you know, just excited to kick off another NASCAR season, 2024, the, you know, to see the truck race Friday night, kick off their season, uh, back it up with our Xfinity race Saturday evening, uh, and then to see the Daytona 500. Man, it's going to be a great weekend of racing and uh, a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, all the drivers and teams are ready to go. Everybody's been working all winter, and uh, it's going to be fun to uh, to finally uh, take the green flag and get back to what we love doing, you know. So uh going to be a busy week for a lot of us, and uh, but I appreciate uh, appreciate uh, us getting together doing our podcast tonight. It's been great. Yeah, yeah, and Chris, man, thanks for joining us. Yes. Yeah, man. Chris, uh, I, I I have to ask, do you have a guitar around you by chance? Uh, man, you know what? You you caught me. You caught me guitarless. You know. Oh, um, oh I've I know. got. I I set my guitar. Uh, with the most important things, my I love David Star T-shirt, you know my David Star posters, and my guitars are all sitting in uh, in the bank vault. So oh, um, I was going to have you play us out, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll save that for another day, you know. Yes. Oh, great stuff! Uh, appreciate Chris Lafferty for being here with us. Uh, David Star, Dominic Argon, Tyler Jones, as always. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Let's Go Racing. We are back. We, we were here in and out throughout the offseason, just kind of enjoying ourselves, taking time to be with our families and everything. But we'll be back now every single week. Uh, you can expect a new episode out each and every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Subscribe, like, review, give us a five-star review or leave us one at all. Uh, hit us up on social media, uh, X, at Star Podcast. Uh, also, on Facebook, at Star Podcast, you can find us there. And uh, we'd certainly appreciate it. For our entire crew, David Starr, Chris Lafferty, Dominic Aragon, and Tyler Jones, thanks so long. Enjoy the Daytona 500. Let's go racing. Let's go, David. And we'll see you next week.